Welcome to the Penny and Pops podcast. He's Spencer Penny Strode. I'm Adam Pops Papa Giorgio. There's a simple question out there. Is Wendell Carter Jr. a top 10 NBA center? We've got no intro for this. We're just going live with it. We're in a cabin up in the middle of the Great Smoky Mountains of Tennessee. We're here for a wedding weekend, and we're here to have this discussion. I've had this on my notepad for maybe a year, potentially, and... Look, man, this guy's 24 years old, and I view him almost as I viewed Horace Grant back in the day. And the guy hasn't won a ring, and he's like five years younger than Horace Grant was when he came in here. But, And we're not factoring contracts when we do this discussion. Um, it's straight up, like, player for player, are you taking Wendell over the guy or not? Because if we're factoring the contract, let's be honest, Penny, would Wendell be like a top 10 center right now? Yeah, I mean, I think if you're talking money, then by value, he's definitely one of the top 10 centers in the league. Uh, interested to get into this discussion. I think we'd broached the subject a couple episodes ago, and I go, surely he's a top 10 center. And then you look at all the starting centers, you go, maybe it's borderline. So looking forward to getting into this one with you. Yeah, and I mean, we got to talk about his contract because – Wendell fired his agent representation because of his contract, and I don't blame him because he's making $13 million this season. He's making $11.95 million next season. And then 2025-2026, he makes $10.85 million. No option. No team option. No player option. It's just a straight-up contract. And, look, the reason because of this is because injury hedging, right, basically. You know, the biggest thing that's been – holding Wendell back as far as maybe accolades and praise is just the amount of games played. Like last season, he played 57 games. It's 15.2 points per game, 8.7 rebounds per game, 2.3 assists per contest, 52.5% field goal shooting, a respectable 35.6 three-point shooting on an almost four attempts per game, 74% free throw shooting percentage. That's got to get a little bit better, but that will as he gets older because, again, the guy's only 24 years old. Like, he's going to get a lot better. Um, so I'm excluding these bigs from contention, basically, and we'll delve into it a little bit deeper because basically I'm looking at all 30 teams and I'm picking, like, their best big or their best bigs. But let me know if you disagree with my viewpoint on excluding guys. Victor Wimbanyama, I'm excluding because he's really a power forward. I don't think he's a center. He's more of like a Tim Duncan-type power forward at the moment. Um, I'm excluding Kristaps Porzingis at Boston. He might start at center, but like Al Horford, when like playoff time comes, is probably going to be starting at center with Porzingis at power forward. Evan Mobley, power forward. He might start at center because Jared Allen's out, but Evan Mobley's a power forward. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr., definitely power forward. Like, it got proven at Team USA that he's not really a center. Like, if you look at the Memphis Grizzlies, he needs Steven Adams to do stuff. Um, and then Carl Anthony Towns, I mean, Rudy Gobert's a center, but some people view kind of Towns as a center potentially. But even Towns himself, he's like, I'm the greatest shooting power forward of all time from three point range, which is not true, but maybe statistically it is. But when mat games matter, it's not. And then I included Draymond Green because some people call Draymond Green a small ball center, but like Kevon Looney is the starting center for the Warriors. Uh, any any retorts, any other thoughts with that? I think all of those are fair to exclude. In doing the prep work for this episode, you look at some uh, starting center rankings lists, including Hoops Hype, where they have 
Bobby Portis listed as a center and a better center than Wendell. Obviously, Brooke Lopez is the starting center in Milwaukee, so that doesn't make sense. Before we jump into ranking Wendell, I have a question for you on his value to the team, which I think speaks highly to both his consistency but also to the team uh, being better than it has been the last two years. Wendell is an X factor for the Magic, but would you consider him to be the number one X factor anymore? And I think the answer is no, and the answer might be Markel. What? How? What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, look, I'm a bigger Markel than you. I'm a bigger Markel guy than you are, but it, it's Markel Fultz as the X factor because we kind of have an idea of what Paolo and Franz already give and can be. Um, I mean, I guess shooting guard, you could, you know, Jalen Suggs could be the X factor. If Jalen Suggs stays healthy and is hitting threes, like that outweighs potentially both Wendell and Markel. But I think it's Markel first at point guard, and then you would put Wendell at center because Wendell, we know what we get from Wendell. Like he's a walking 15 and 10 guy when he's healthy. Um, and even if those numbers decrease a little bit because of Paolo and Franz, like we know what he is. Like the numbers themselves, you know, we don't have to judge him on double doubles. Like, just theoretically, he Wendell is a fifteen ten guy. Um, so I guess a little boring because we we're agreeing here. But I don't know if you had anything more to add to that. I, well, let's let's put some color and clarity on what we're doing this episode. So, are are we are we ranking Wendell as the tenth best? Are we doing guys that you would swap for Wendell person for person on the Magic? What? How are we deciding? who's better than who for purposes of, of ranking this episode. So it's not a full-on top 10 list of centers. It's does Wendell fit into a top 10 list. Um, so, and apologies if you hear like noise and talking back because we're in a cabin with 10 of our friends and whatnot. So that's just normal and we're just doing this. Like we've been drinking and having fun all day and I'm, I'm going with the pod right now. We might do a few more pods while we're up here this weekend. But um, I'm going to give you the seven guys that I definitively think and know are ahead of Wendell. And you let me know if you disagree or agree. And I mean, the top three that I'll go with right now are Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, and I'm throwing Anthony Davis in, even though Anthony Davis considers himself as a power forward, both the minutes and the Lakers kind of threat level as a contender, a championship contender are best when Anthony Davis is a center. Like they may want to play Jared Vanderpool or whatever Vanderbilt or whatever at center, but Anthony Davis at center is is how that needs to go and that's where he's at right now. So do you disagree? Well, I know you don't disagree with those top three. So I have a few more here. So I have DeMontis Sabonis, who last season averaged nineteen points per game, over twelve boards, over seven assists per contest. Like definitively better than Wendell and it's weird because he's getting a really bad rap but because of his postseason the dude played with like a broken hand the whole postseason like people just like to ignore injuries for some reason um the fifth guy I have on my list and some Magic fans are going to disagree but statistically I have Vooch listed here as better than Wendell and I'm a Vooch guy I I ride with Vooch Island like I'm I'm a Vooch guy but statistically 17.6 points per game. That's five. That's two and a half points per game right there, more than Wendell. 11 boards a game, over two, more than Wendell. 3.2 assists, a little bit more than Wendell. 52% shooting from the field, pretty similar to Wendell, like half a percent less than Wendell. 
34.9% from three, pretty close to window, 84% free throw shooting. Like, Vooch is 17 and a half, 11 guy. Like, statistically, he's better than Wendell. Now, whether in a playoff series you would take Wendell's defense over Vooch as like a tiebreaker, sure, you know, we can have this conversation, but I'm a Vooch guy. I don't know. You pushing me on Vooch, I think Vooch is still better than Wendell. Like, the Magic, without question, won that Bulls trade just with Franz Wagner. Now, we got Jed Howard with that as well, which. I don't think helped the trade, but that's my viewpoint. But um, I'm putting Vooch above Wendell for this conversation. The interesting thing is that by virtue of your list, are you putting Vooch as number five in terms of best centers or that's just how we're okay. But either way, uh, I think at the time of the trade, obviously Vucevic much better than Wendell Carter and Carter significant injuries at the time, uh, obviously missed quite a bit of time with us as well, but not as much as kind of derailing his development in Chicago. I would put Wendell ahead of Vucevic now. I trust, obviously, you, if you're throwing the ball into the post and you're looking to get a bucket, you're going to Vucevic over Wendell Carter. But if you're looking for defensive impact, I also think uh, pretty much Vuce is only going to give you the top of the key trail three. I trust Wendell from the corner. I trust Wendell from the wing. Um, both of them can serve, and I think Wendell has really improved as in terms of like acting as the fulcrum of the offense and kind of operating. You saw the most recent uh, preseason game, the little give and go with, with uh, Franz and stuff. So capable passer. I, I would put Wendell ahead of Vooch as of 2023-2024, but it, I mean, it's close. I mean, the tiebreaker for me, and I didn't mention it really, but the real tiebreaker is Vooch's durability. Like, he plays more games. Like, that's, again, Wendell played 57 out of 82 games last season. Like, Vooch will play over 70, 9 out of 10 seasons without issue. Like, um, I mean, so, I mean, then what are your thoughts on both Bam Adebayo and Brooke Lopez? Two very different things. Like, Bam Adebayo, I don't think there's a bit much of a debate. Like, he's better than Wendell because Bam is at 20.4 points per game last season, 9.2 boards, three assists. 54% shooting, but Bam can't hit threes. Wendell can. Um, where And then he shoots 81% free throw percentage. That's good. He gets over a steal a game. Like defensively, statistically, Bam gets a little bit more than Wendell does statistically. Um, and then the seventh, the, the seventh guy got listed in front of Wendell. And, again, this isn't like a top seven per se. It's just I have seven guys that are above Wendell at the moment. But if you have – Wendell and head of Vooch, then there's only six at the moment as we're talking about this. So, but the seventh guy I have listed is Brooke Lopez, who, you know, age isn't on Brooke Lopez's side. He's what, 35, 36 now? But he averaged 15.9 points per game, almost seven boards, 1.3 assists. Yeah, he's 35 years old now. The two and a half blocks per game is a big thing. Um, 53% shooting from the field, 37% shooting from the three point line almost 79% from the free throw line. Like all of those percentages are better than Wendell. It's just, again, the age thing's the big difference now because Brooke, everyone says Brooke is going to fall off. And if he does, the Bucks have problems. But if he's healthy and he can get through the season, like Brooke is still better than Wendell in my eyes. But I, I don't know. Yeah, you going to fight me on Bam or Brooke for any of those? I can't fight you on Bam. Um you're you're a big Brooke Lopez guy, much bigger than I am, but I will say, and obviously not 
breaking any news or new ground here, but his transformation, specifically his time in Milwaukee, not only becoming more than a reliable three-point shooter, but a three-point threat, and then obviously in consideration for defensive player of the year in terms of being able to uh, protect the rim and wall up in the paint has been pretty crazy. If you look back to his time as a New Jersey net and kind of being a sieve on the defensive end and, and really doing all his damage in the paint. So that's crazy. The question I would pose to you, and I, I would rank Brooke ahead of Wendell, would the Magic be a better team with Brooke Lopez starting at center as opposed to Wendell Carter? I don't know that the answer would be yes, but that's just roster construction, right? I mean, I think for this season, I think that the answer is yes, because the guy brings brings rim protection even more than Wendell. Like, Wendell... I mean, and Brooks sets a better screen probably. Like, Wendell sets pretty good screens, but, like, Brooks sets damn good screens because he's just such a much bigger body. But, again, this is where the age factors in, where it's like, I know I'm going to have Wendell for a few more years. I can't say that with Brooke Lopez. So that's why I have Brooke listed right now. Um, so basically the way we're going through this right now, like, we're going to talk our way through the remaining bigs that I have on this list now. But – at the moment, I would technically have Wendell as the eighth best big man in the NBA at the moment, which leaves some top 10 room. And you're almost at seventh almost at the moment before we get through this list. I don't know if you had any more before I go through this list, Penny. Here's, here's my question. You went through Wendell's stats, and obviously we've talked uh, about all the pluses that he has in his game and for the team. Outside of durability, which is unquestionably probably the biggest weakness for Wendell, what would you rank as his second kind of weak point? To me, I think in watching the games uh, and the flow of the game, the the biggest thing is the amount of points that he's leaving on the table. He he's not explosive. He's he's powerful and strong, and he's a great athlete. He does not have an explosive leap or like the the second quick jump to be able to catch and score over um, there's a lot of hunching down low to kind of power up where I think um, you know, if you're looking at like a Mitchell Robinson type or somebody that's a little more springy and athletic easier for them to get the ball go up quicker I, I think that's one of his flaws he can't really do anything to improve it and certainly there's a lot of other areas where he makes up for that well, look, this is where his smaller frame kind of hurts him, right? Because he doesn't have a seven-foot frame to where his reach kind of makes up for the athleticism, right? He's 6'9", 6'10", is Wendell. If he had, like, Thanasis Adetokounmpo's, like, jumping ability, like, we would be talking about something completely different right now uh, as far as just how great of a player he is, even athletically. But I think Wendell's a good enough athlete. Like, I— when I say Horace Grant, like Horace Grant was not like a leaper. He didn't get off the ground much, but he was athletic enough to where he made enough impact, both offensively, defensively, where it was enough. And Wendell's athleticism is enough uh, at, at the moment, especially from a regular season perspective. Now, this is where we really need the match to make the playoffs to see kind of how this pans out beyond that, because Wendell does pretty well against most big bodies. There's some games where he doesn't, but against like the Embiid's, Jokic's, he fares pretty well, especially at his size. Now, there's other big men where he might have trouble with, like Valanchunas or whatever, who are big and stocky. But again, there's some games where Wendell just performs well, and that just comes down to health. Like the plantar fasciitis really fucked him last season. 
and it got recognized at media day, but I don't, I still don't know if even like the fan base or especially the national media kind of gives Wendell that credit of having to deal with plantar fasciitis for the majority of the season. So, all right, I'm going through this list now of, of, of guys I've got down here again at the moment. It sounds like you've got like three spots to spare for Wendell in the top 10. I've got two spots to spare at the moment. So the first first name I'm going to go with is out in Minnesota where I'm going with Rudy Gobert again. Carl Anthony Towns does not qualify for this because Cat's a power forward, but I got Gobert. I think all these guys that I'm about to list, I already automatically think Wendell is better than them. So it's up to you, Penny, if you want to agree with me or push back on me in this, but I have the first guy listed here is Gobert from Minnesota, 13.4 points per game, 11.6 rebounds per game. So the boards are impressive, 1.4 blocks per game, which is a lot lower than what Rudy used to get blocking-wise. He was getting two, three blocks per game. Uh, but, you know, the 66 point, uh, 66% field goal shooting, that's great. 64% free throw shooting, not great. And he can't shoot threes and you can't rely on him to stay on the floor late because he'll sometimes get hacked. That's the other thing is, like, you can rely on Wendell being on the floor late not being a victim of, like, hack a Wendell. So um, I'm taking Wendell over Gobert. Uh, I don't know, yes or no for you. Yeah, this one's close, but I would take Gobert over Wendell Carter. Again, he's essentially a net negative on the offensive end unless he's dunking the basketball, and then even then uh, it'll score out of his hands now from time to time. But – you're talking about a real defensive impact, uh, a real difference maker on that end of the floor, um, and probably a rim protection that obviously the Magic haven't seen anything like that since you know the prime Dwight days. So uh, I think that that impact overall uh, places him above Wendell, but it's close and certainly uh, not only fit for Gobert in Minnesota, but just kind of father time too. It's uh, Maybe we're starting to see the decline there, and you know Wendell will close the gap this year and moving forward. I think there's definitely a decline with Rudy Gobert because he was bad at the World Cup. Like he was not good at the FIBA World Cup, um, and he disappeared often for Minnesota. Like Minnesota's success had more to do with Anthony Edwards and Cat than than Gobert. Um, but. I mean, you're right. He's still a a great defensive presence for the most part. So, all right. So we're even basically as far as we have seven guys now in front of Wendell at the moment. Um, So the next guy I have is Steven Adams, who is not Jaron Jackson Jr. Because again, Triple J is a power forward, not a center. Steven Adams is a center for the the Memphis Grizzlies. But Steven Adams last season only played 42 games, 8.6 points per game, 11.5 boards, 2.3 assists, a block a game. Steven Adams also can't shoot threes. Even, you know, his field goal percentage is almost 60%, but he can't shoot threes. He shot he shot 36.4% from free throws. So I, I don't think you're going to fight me on this one. I have Wendell above Adams. How about you? Yeah, 100%. And again, you're talking about uh, durability and availability. Steven Adams has missed significant time, and he's not even 30. Like, I mean, he he's so like – you know, you're talking about somebody that really uh, their game is impacted by their health and he's not available at all. I will say I assume the next name on your list, because when you think of Stephen Adams, you think of uh, Valanchunas next. That one's much closer to me, but I'd like to hear why you put Wendell over uh, Jonas Valanchunas. 
So with Valanchunas, I think the counting stats actually put Wendell above Jonas. Like Valanchunas, 14 points per game, 10 rebounds per game, under two assists per contest, 54.7% shooting from the field, under 35% shooting from three-point range, 83% free throw percent. Like it's close, but just based on what I've seen from both of them when they match up against each other, like I'm going to take Wendell. Valanchunas, look, he's a big beefier body. Like that's great and all, but just I think Wendell's versatility just wins out enough, just barely enough. And again, the age helps him in this regard, I think, but just him being younger. But I don't blame people if they would take Valanchunas over over Wendell. Like Jonas is a pretty underrated big man still to this day, but I'm giving Wendell kind of the homer slight nod in this instance. I don't know. What about you? You taking Jonas or Wendell? Yeah, I'm trying to be objective here to kind of counterbalance, but looking at the land, I would take Valanchunas over Wendell. I think this is a razor thin margin and probably in terms of valuation, the closest among any active centers. Um, but in looking at the landscape across the league, that's you're now you're defining at least for me Wendell is a top nine center and there's almost surprise I and mean, we'll go through the rest of the list here but almost surprisingly he's he's a, a top in the top third of the NBA um, and there's probably no debate there I mean that's what we're trying to prove here right so um, I mean that is what we're trying to prove all right, next guy, guys, Clint Capella. Uh, Capella plays about the same amount of games as Wendell does on average. Um, so similar, similarly, sim- uh, durability is pretty similar there. Capella, 12 points per game, 11 boards per contest, 1.2 blocks per game. Clint Capella can't shoot threes. And if I'm looking at production and tiebreakers, like, I'll take the guy that can shoot threes over the guy that can't shoot threes. Like that's a big, big difference offensively what you can do. That's why, you know, Capella's going to get most of his shots at the rim, and that's why he shot 65.3% from from the field. He can't really hit free throws. He shot 60% from the charity stripe last season. So I'm going with Wendell over Capella because of shooting basically at the end of the day. Yeah, I think that's accurate. And on the Capella side too, I think you're going to see him lose a bunch of more minutes to uh, Onyeko Ngankwu next season. Like that, that gap is kind of uh, being closed in terms of how they're splitting the rotational minutes there. Capella, great rebounder, going to block shots. Can't trust him offensively. Shot 60% from free throw last year, but that was up from basically 40, 50% years before. So, uh, yeah, I think Wendell is is uh, firmly ahead of Capella in terms of my rankings as well. Uh, oh, I have some live news for us as we're doing this. Uh, Trevlin Quinn got, uh, Queen got the two-way contract. Or, yeah, he uh, he got the third uh, two-way contract spot. So it's uh, Kevon Harris and uh, Admiral Schofield. So to be honest, I thought Trevlin Queen deserved it out of all the guys, even more than Mac McClung as far as two-way contracts go. Uh, it helped that he had that poster dunk in the Flamingo game. But uh, any Trevlin Queen thoughts real quick? Did you, watch, you, did you end up watching the Amazon Prime uh, G League documentary yet where he's... Not yet, no, I did not. He's featured prominently in that as a two-way player for the Pacers. Now I have to watch it now. And it was, uh, I mean, it was very clear that he was head and shoulders above all of the other two, well, 
the one other two-way guy that they were rotating and, and all of the uh, Fort Wayne guys that were battling for that spot. So that's probably fair. Um, also, no guarantee he'll fill that role for the whole season. Again, seems fair. Uh, I want to put a cap on the Capella thing. When he started to ascend in Houston, for a time, he was better than Houston Dwight Howard. Are we, is that an accurate statement? I mean, statistic. Well, Houston Dwight Howard, yeah, he was better than Houston Dwight Howard. There's no debate there. And I'm glad you brought up Okongwu because I kind of forget him sometimes. I know he's really good, and he probably should be starting. It just hasn't happened yet for him. It's probably going to happen soon, especially if Atlanta underachieves. They're probably going to want to try and dump Capella somewhere because Capella can bring stuff to a playoff contending type team. Um, but yeah, at, and Houston Capella was better than Dwight, you know, Houston Dwight. I, I don't, I don't have a, a retort to that. I, and I, I do, I, if I had to guess, I would say, uh, Okongwu probably starts more games than Capella for Atlanta this year, but, uh, certainly not in the stratosphere with Wendell Carter for the moment. No, not yet. He's got to prove it. Um, you want to go quickly through the Spurs big man thing, because it's not, it's not Victor Wimbanyama. And even if you count Victor Wimbanyama, he has to play actual regular season games. Like I'm not giving Victor the gimme on this one. So it's Zach Collins at center. It's a no for me as far as him. You know, no way Zach Collins is better than Wendell. To be fair, Wemby has looked surprising, not surprisingly good, but as advertised good to this point. I mean, he looks good. I he's. I know some people thought Chet Holmgren was going to win Rookie of the Year. I don't think that's going to happen now with what Wembenyama's kind of shown right now. It's it's just a matter of how many games the Spurs play him, and I mean they've got some frisky kind of every night. They they, they could be pretty interesting to watch between uh, you know Sohan and Vassell kind of rounding out that front court. Like that's not a bad future for the Spurs, um, but I can't we can't give Wembenyama anything till he actually plays real games. So, but. He's going to be good. He's not going to be like Tim Duncan great out of the gate, I don't think, but he's going to be pretty good, I, th- I would say. So I have Boston next um, where I, you know, Porzingis, I, he might start center a good amount of times, but I don't view him as a center. I would put Al Horford as the center in that instance. And look, Horford's 37 years old. He's had an insanely great career both in college and in the league. But, I mean, he's at 10 points per game last season, six boards per game, three assists, a block. His sister pisses everybody off on Twitter and stuff. Um, 47.5% field goal percentage, which it's that low because he shoots almost 45% from three-point range, which is super impressive, but in 71% from free throw percentage, which is lower than Wendell. I'm not taking a 37-year-old Al Horford over Wendell. It's not happening. I I don't I mean we could have to talk now about Porzingis, but I'm not considering Porzingis a center. I'm just not. I'm still taking Wendell over Porzingis just because Wendell is actually more durable than Porzingis. That's that's what it comes down at the end. Like unicorn style Porzingis, who's looked good in preseason for the most part with Boston. Um, he has his moments with the Latvian national team, although he he skipped out with FIBA World Cup stuff to to make sure he didn't pick up a you know further injury as he was resting during the offseason. I'm I'm taking Wendell over Porzingis because Porzingis just can't stay on the floor. Any Boston center's thoughts? Well, I mean, for Porzingis, I think arguably, I'd say inarguably, he had the best season of his career last year, even better than the Flashes in New York and certainly better than getting kind of pigeonholed in, in Dallas. But 
yeah, not durable and certainly not durable enough to be the starting five uh, for the course of the season. And then for Horford, obviously, you know, if you're talking four or five years ago, he's probably head and shoulders above Wendell, but not anymore at age 37. And I'm going to do the thing that you're not supposed to do when you have stats available to you. But if Al Horford is shooting an uncontested three versus Wendell Carter shooting an uncontested three, I have more of a belief that Wendell Carter is going to make the shot. I don't know why. That's how I feel. Um, and Horford, again, he's trying to do the thing where he, he's got to figure out how to best expend his energy. Wendell has boundless energy based on age. So, uh, again, that one's tight. Certainly, Horford has done it in the playoffs. We don't have that comparison yet for Wendell. But uh, as of today... I would take Car- Carter over 37-year-old Al Horford for sure. Okay, so we still have Wendell, what, listed eighth technically, I guess, at the moment. Um, all right, let's talk Brooklyn here. So they have Nick Claxton. I like Nick Claxton a lot. Last season he averaged 12.6 points per game, 9.2 boards, almost two assists, two and a half blocks per game. That's that's big. He uh, he also led the league at 70.5 field goal percentage, 70.5% shooting from the field but Claxton doesn't hit threes he doesn't shoot threes he doesn't hit them and he's a 51 54.1 percent free throw percentage shooter so it's close but I'm giving the shooting tiebreaker to Wendell that's what it comes down to for me it's just Wendell can space the floor Nick Claxton doesn't again I like Nick Claxton I'm not taking him over Wendell thoughts yeah, Nick Claxton also likes Nick Claxton, and uh, it'll be obviously half the season last year without superstars around him, and there's a nice uh, complement of players with uh, Bridges and Cam Johnson and, and uh, Dinwiddie and everybody else to get him involved, but he's squarely a rim-running lob threat, and if you're looking at offensive versatility, I think Wendell edges out Claxton in that way. Um, obviously the free throw shooting, you can't play him at the end of games, um, defensively, maybe superior in terms of length and athleticism. But I think Wendell also, you know, he, he has the strength and kind of the, the rooted base that I think makes up for that. So I'd take Wendell over Claxton too. All right. Uh, we're going to go quick through Charlotte because they have Mark Williams, Mark Williams, I like, but he has to go through a full season as the guy. Like, he was fighting with uh, other guys. What was it? Nick Richards and Kai Jones for minutes, basically, and Plumley, and a Plumley. So, um, like, no, uh, just real quick. Just, no. I, I mean, just. <laughs> just general principle no for charlotte for anything that we're talking about at all other than steve clifford right um golden state it's not draymond green draymond green plays power forward uh even though some people call him a small ball center he's he's a power forward um kevon looney looney he's good he's good he's he's great he's a great playoff big to have but he just doesn't have the stats to complete with Wendell. Does Looney like Looney in the playoffs? He'll he'll have some a big game here or there, but in a, the course of a regular season, it it just has not. There's not the consistent consistency statistically with uh, with Looney. I don't know if you want to fight me on that, but I'm taking Wendell over Looney. Yeah, I mean, and it, I 
that one's easy. Put Wendell on the Golden State Warriors. Have him do exactly what Looney does, and he can do the same thing. And again, with a little bit more uh, flair and ability on the offensive side. So uh, obviously, Looney again, playoff success as part of the team. But yeah, Wendell's better than Kevon. Dallas, who again, keep an eye on Dallas because if they uh, they play bad and it looks like things are falling apart. Luca might be demanding out of there, but from a center perspective, you're looking at Derek Lively as a rookie starting at center over Dwight Powell. Um, it's a no, because again, you're a rookie. You got to prove it. That's, that's all I'll say with Lively. So I, and I'm not taking Lively over Wendell either way, even with the hype or any of that. So, uh, any Dallas thoughts there? The only thought there is, uh, the Dwight Powell post Achilles tear has not been as good. I mean, might be a little closer, but still not close enough. Yeah. Look, Dwight Powell for what he brings and, and what he is like solid big to have, but not taking him over Wendell, not happening. Um, especially with the injury pass now so Cleveland Jared Allen so it's not Evan Mobley even if Evan Mobley kind of starts out of the gate at center because of Jared Allen's injuries at the moment that have uh kept him out of preseason I believe but Jared Allen uh he is statistically or you know he's less durable than Wendell from a games played per season at the moment like Jared Allen is less durable than Wendell Allen last season 14.3 points per game 9.8 boards under two assists, 1.2 blocks per game. Jared Allen does not shoot threes. Uh, 64.4% from the field, 73.3% from the free throw line, which is that's actually it's pretty good. It's 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 up there with Wendell basically. But I like Jared Allen. I you know if we were talking contracts, like Wendell wins this, no questions asked. But you know taking the contract out of it. Again, I'm going to favor Wendell over Jared Allen because Wendell actually shoots threes and hits threes. Um, again, I like Allen, but I, again, I until he somehow finds a way to shoot threes, what doesn't look like he'll ever be able to do. It's great running big man to the hole, like awesome, awesome blocks, like amazing highlight blocks. Like he's a guy you want kind of helping protect the rim, but – he got exposed a little bit against the Knicks in that playoff series last year. And again, durability wise, Wendell's better. I, I don't know if you got a Cleveland retort for me on that. This one's interesting. I take back what I said earlier about the razor thin margin between rankings. This one's probably the closest. Uh, you're discounting and discrediting that Jarrett Allen has been an NBA all-star. Um, this one's real close. Again, I think in making my decision, I go, are the Magic appreciably better with Jarrett Allen on the roster? I don't think the answer is yes. Are the Cavs appreciably worse with Wendell Carter on their roster? I, I don't think so. So um, if it's a push, which it probably is pretty close to being a push, then I think we're allowed to side with Wendell here. All right, fair enough. So we still have, what, two spots left right now for, for Wendell to technically stay in the top ten, right? So um, Detroit, pick any big man. James Wiseman, Duran, um, Isaiah Stewart. Uh, like, Wendell's better than all of them. Like, Wiseman maybe has the best case of the three, but Detroit needs to kind of make up their mind on their bigs, and I'll just leave it at that. Like, Wiseman, 
I mean, I picked him up in my fantasy league late last season. He was great with the Pistons. Like, it, 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 but until he does it for a full season, like I'm not. I'm you know. Are you gonna push me on that? Like Wendell's better than any of them. Yeah, and until any of those bigs are doing it, winning thirty plus games, then none of it matters either. Houston. I'm not gonna lie, man. Like anybody, like a lot of people could talk me into Alpern Shangun being better than Wendell. Like they they could, but because last season Shangun averaged 14.8 points per game, nine boards, so pretty similar to Wendell, really. Uh, 3.9 assists. 55.3% from the field, 33.3% from three-point range, 71.5% from the free throw line. National pundits think Shangun could make kind of this year three jump. Like he might be a most improved player candidate. Um, but I, I think Wendell gets the nod now. Will he in nine months? I don't know. Like if Shangun jumps up to like 17, 18 points per game and like Houston gets in the plane or something like you know it's it's going to be tough for me to kind of push back on that but i am going to push back on that for now i don't know if you had any shangun rockets thoughts man yeah i want to uh i want to state for the record that what he's done has been impressive um you could talk me more into crab rangoon than shangun being ahead of wendell carter and again i think this is really you're looking at a houston rockets team that is just this season's going to be different they've got van vliet they they have a coach they have an actual roster there's uh maybe a sense of them kind of trying to turn the tide but Anything that has happened in Houston, the wasteland of the Toyota Center the last couple of years, it's hard. And again, not that the Magic have been, you know, uh, doing anything uh, special either, but they've, they're, a, they're ahead of the Rockets in terms of the rebuild, especially last year playing meaningful basketball for 79, 80 games of the year. So uh, I think, again, for now, Wendell ahead of Shangun. But yeah, to your point, there's, there's a whole lot of skill there for sure. Uh, the Washington Wizards, uh, it's Daniel Gafford starting for them. I like Daniel Gafford. I've liked the Daniel Gafford for a couple years. I think Philip Rossman Reich for two years in a row was like, the Magic should go get Daniel Gafford. Um, but he is a starting center quality guy, I think. Statistically, it doesn't come close as far as him comparing to Wendell. Like, it just doesn't. He might, Gafford might average a double-double this season, though, on that Wizards team. Um, whether it all works out or not, you know, from a, cause I mean, a lot of people have the wizards in like a low as a low twenties winning type team. And some people say they're, they're holding on to West Sunsell jr. Because he's not a great coach and they're trying to tank. I guess we'll see about that. But, um, I, I think Gafford's going to be good. He's not better than Wendell right now. Correct. Yeah. I mean, check my math on this. I feel like Gafford got his opportunity to start in Washington when Thomas Bryant went down with the torn ACL who started. He started that year great himself. Uh, and then Gafford kind of filled in and did you know, equally as well. Uh, again, you're talking about length, uh, finishing kind of that lob threat rim running type big, which is attractive in today's NBA. But on the whole, in terms of skill and output, I think Wendell eclipses Daniel Gafford. I agree. Uh, Indiana Pacers, Miles Turner. He's less durable than Wendell Carter Jr. Um, I consider Miles Turner an old 27 years old at this point. 
Last season, though, he still averaged 18 points per game, seven and a half boards, 1.4 assists, 2.3 blocks per game is the big one, the blocks. 54.8% field goal shooting, 37.3% from three. So he hits threes better than Wendell at the moment. 78.3% free throw shooting. So Turner gets the nod there too. Statistically, your average NBA fan takes Turner over Wendell Carter Jr. I don't. This is where, again, kind of my Wendell bias kind of kicks in. If you really want to push me on Turner being better than Wendell, that's fine. I just think that Wendell wins our team more games than Turner would. I, I that's that's just how I view it. Now, I again, somebody can have the argument and have a very very good argument and push against me. And Penny, I don't blame you if you take Turner over Wendell here, but I am not. It's just there's just something personality wise, characteristic wise, where I'm going to take Wendell over Turner almost every time in this instance. Um, I don't know. This one's tough. It sounds like you're holding the him kind of pushing to get out of Indiana against him, and can you blame him? But uh, look, I I I took Valanchunas over Wendell, which slid him down one. I'm going to take Miles Turner over Wendell again. This one close to. Um, I think you're looking at pretty similar players in terms of skill set and and ability. I'm going to give the nod to Turner in terms of body. So he's more of a legitimate seven foot, maybe a little bit longer. I don't know if that's true or not, but feels like a longer presence uh, defensively. So this one's close to um, this one knocks knocks uh, Wendell down a peg, I think, for me. Yeah, look, I mean, yeah, I mean, Turner is a bigger body. So you still have a spot to work with and keeping Wendell in there at least. So he's. He, you know, you still got you still got a little bit of room for him right there left. Um, again, I've got Wendell eighth at the moment, so I think you have Wendell tenth at the moment right now after all this stuff. So um, I thought you had him ninth, but maybe not because you know you took a guy away, so you still have it. Yeah, you have Wendell kind of ninth at the moment. So okay, let's talk Clippers because Evita uh, Zubac is. Uh, gets forgotten a lot with the Clippers just because of all the injuries and stuff that they dealt with. He's at, he was last season at 10.8 points per game, 9.9 rebounds and assists, 1.3 blocks per game. Zubac does not shoot threes, 63.4% from the field, under 70% free throw shooting. Um, I like Zubac. The three point stuff is where I give Wendell the nod for sure in this instance, but Zubac can have these, phenomenal games where he he's bracking up like 15 and 15 sometimes um but i'm i'm gonna go with wendell consistency wise and just three point spread the floor type stuff yeah zubach has had very like some breakout games in that sense but i would call him a serviceable big and i think you have to take into account the attention that a Kawhi leonard or a paul george draw uh, in terms of giving him those easy dump off buckets that certainly Wendell could could put up the same numbers in the same situation. So Wendell clears Zubach by quite a bit for me. All right, I think I got five more guys here. So uh the Knicks, Mitchell Robinson, who we kind of talked about a little bit earlier. One point eight blocks per game is nice, but you can't he can't shoot threes or free throws and he's a hack a candidate every time. And there's durability issues with Mitchell Robinson too. I'm just gonna leave it at that. I don't know if you want to fight me on Mitchell Robinson. Like, yeah, he kinda kills the magic sometimes because of how he protects the rim, but in an overall season, I'm gonna take Wendell because even by dur- you know, Wendell standards, he's more durable than Mitchell Robinson. Yeah, I mean, 
Mitchell Robinson, not only the 1.8 blocks, but all the shots that are altered and deterred too. You can't take that away from him, but durability probably worse than Wendell. Uh, and again, uh, Wendell Carter, certainly more well-rounded. So he, he gets the nod for me too. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic, Phoenix Sun now. Great player. Just can't stay on the floor. Like I've I've had Nurkic on fantasy teams over like the past three years here and there, and it's just the guy can't stay on the floor. Um, he's an old twenty nine years old now because of the injuries, and you know he was the guy that got pushed out of Denver because Jokic was so amazing, and then Nurkic was Nurkic was really good in Portland until just the injuries just accumulated on top of themselves. You know, and Nurkic last season in fifty two games. 13.3 points per game, 9.1 rebounds, 2.9 assists, under 52% shooting from the field, 36.1% three-point shooting, 66.1% free throw shooting. Overall, I think the stats are slightly under Wendell anyway, and then you just take in the durability factor. Like, I think Nurkic's confidence took like a huge hit over the past, I guess, two years with just how the injuries have just killed him. He might get some of that confidence back in Phoenix. I don't know. I wouldn't count on it. But Phoenix does some weird voodoo with injury stuff over there. So if he plays like 70, 66 games or something for Phoenix, he's probably going to have a pretty good year. And a lot of people are going to look differently on Nurkic. Because there's some people that were like, oh, Nurkic just flat out sucks. No, he doesn't suck. He just can't stay healthy. And just the injuries have just sapped him badly from what he used to be. But if he can find any of that then we're having a different conversation potentially. But it's it's Wendell over Nurkic for me. Yeah, look, he's a good player. Um, it's hard to kind of fathom. I, you know, we've had injuries and we're also not professional basketball players. But uh, to come back from kind of a, an open fracture is always uh, an impressive feat to me, like the mental fortitude that that takes to come back from that. Um, certainly he's been hampered by injury. Uh, would you? I would call him a defensive liability. I would also say that Phoenix would probably rather start Wendell Carter at center than uh, Nurkic. So for that reason, uh, slot Wendell uh, ahead, comfortably ahead of uh, of Nurkic still. Uh, DeAndre Aiden, who is now a Portland Trailblazer, they got him out of Phoenix finally. He uh, he might have a career season in Portland this season, and. That could swing this conversation greatly. Uh, from my viewpoint, a lot of it's kind of personality character again with this. Like, I would take Wendell over DeAndre Aiden. Like, last season, despite having a toxic relationship at the, by that point with Monty Williams, like, Aiden still played 67 games. He averaged 18 points per game, 10 boards, 1.7 assists, almost 59% shooting from the field, 76% free throw shooting. But he can't hit threes. That's the thing. He can't hit threes yet. And so I will take that kind of as a tiebreaker. But from a production perspective, again, this is an 18 and 10 guy we're talking about. That's not Wendell. Wendell's more 15 and 9, 15 and 10. And so I don't want to blame you, Penny, if you took Aiden over Wendell. I wouldn't blame any listener that would take Aiden over Wendell. But I mean, I remember we had this conversation, and again, the contract plays a factor, right? We're going from Wendell's like $13 million to Aiden's like $30 million or whatever his contract is, you know? Um, but we're not factoring contracts. We're just taking talent at the moment. I'm going to take Wendell 
again, I don't blame anyone that takes Aiden, but just kind of intangibles, personality, characteristic type stuff. I'm going to take Wendell over Aiden, but I wouldn't blame you if you went the other way, Penny. Yeah, I mean, for purposes of the exercise, if you're not factoring in the $20 million salary difference um, and you're only talking about character uh, and output, you're talking about a guy who uh, went to the finals, has a terrible relationship with his head coach, butts heads with, I guess everyone butts heads with Chris Paul a little bit, but uh is so naturally gifted to still put up numbers even when he wants to be obstinate. Like, I hate to do it, but I ugh, I got to take Aiden over Wendell. Uh, just strictly on physical gifts and, and the numbers he's put up in spite of himself. So Wendell's 10th now because, remember, you took Wendell over Vooch. Um, so, again, I've, I've got Wendell 8th. I got two guys left to talk about. Um, but you've got Wendell 10th, so there's a chance he could fall out of here. Um, so I got Raptors big man. So I got Jakob Pertl. So 72 games with the Spurs and the Raptors last season, 12.5 points per game, 9.1 rebounds per game, 2.7 assists per contest. Pertl's 28 years old, uh, 1.2 blocks per game. Jakob Pertl can't shoot threes. And, again, in a tiebreaker-looking situation between Pirtle and Wendell, I'm going to take the guy that can shoot threes, which is Wendell. Pirtle can't do that. Um, you know, the 63% shooting from the field's great. Pirtle can't really hit free throws, though. He's under 60% from the free throw line. The Raptors, they need to be tanking. They're not tanking. I don't know. I mean, they've already screwed themselves value-wise by not tanking at this point, and it's almost stubbornness at this point that they're not. But they've got Pirtle. I'm going to side with Wendell over Jakob Pertl. I don't know about you, Penny, on that. You know, this one's close to, God, he kills the magic, too, which kind of, you know, lives in your head a little bit. Um, again, I think the you give Pertl the edge in terms of the size of his frame and just the big body in that Valanchunas mold where – He's a whole lot to deal with on the block and, and in the paint. Um, but trying to be as objective as possible here, I still think you take Wendell over Pirtle just, again, in terms of the well-rounded skill set, offense and defense coming together to to kind of edge out Pirtle. All right, last one. Uh, Utah Jazz, uh, Walker Kessler. He, uh, he hurt the magic last season. Like, talking about guys that can kill the magic, like – Walker Kessler hurt the magic last season, but I don't think he's better than Wendell. Kessler, as a rookie last season, 9.2 points per game, 8.4 boards, 2.3 blocks per game. Kessler also cannot shoot threes. 72% from the field is great. Not the 51.6 free throw percentage, though. And I'm not taking Kessler over Wendell. This is the last guy. Again, I'm finishing with Wendell as being eighth uh, the eighth best center in the NBA right now. So he made my top 10. Uh, if Kessler doesn't make it, that means Wendell sneaks into your top 10, Penny. Well, it all comes down to this. Uh, Walker Kessler, was he a surprise to you last year? Yeah, I mean, he was a surprise to everybody, right? I mean, major impact player as a rookie, I think exceeding crazy expectation, even as a, you know, tr- 
blocks tend to translate from college to pro. That's why we took the flyer on Mo Bamba. The blocks still kind of translated. Three-point shooting didn't. Um, Major impact player in terms of rim protection and, and, you know, walling up in the paint again like we talked about, but pretty one-dimensional in that way. Also, unfortunate for him, we're coming off of the uh, FIBA debacle, if you will, where I thought you were a homer, but you really weren't. Like, if Wendell Carter was on that roster and played the minutes that Kessler did, maybe he would have given a different dynamic and dimension to the team. And I'm I'm not going to say different outcome, but maybe. So, yeah, I'm taking Carter over Walker Kessler, which I believe makes him number 10 for me. A top 10 center in the NBA on your Orlando Magic. Yeah, I mean, real quick on the USA thing. Like, again, I I think Team USA wins gold if Wendell's on this team because you have a real center on the roster at that point, you know, or that's not a rookie because you had Jaron Jackson Jr., not a center. You had Paolo Bencaro, definitely not a fucking center. And you had Kess- Walker Kessler who got bullied because he was a rookie basically in there. Um, as good as he was with Utah, FIBA ball is a different thing. And, yeah, I mean, I don't know, Penny, were you surprised that Wendell snuck into your top ten? I Again, when I went through this exercise, I thought Wendell would, would barely sneak into my ten. Like, I'm supposedly surprised I have him eighth. There's some homerism there. Again, there's a few guys that, you know, you could fight me on, be it Aiton, Turner, whatever. But, uh, maybe, yeah, but. I got Wendell eighth. Were you surprised that Wendell ended up sneaking into your top 10? Yeah, a little bit. I think I had in my head probably more in that 15-ish range. You go like, maybe you could be top 10, but if you go line by line, uh, it's really hard to kind of put anyone else above him. I'd love to hear thoughts from listeners in terms of what we got wrong here. But uh, yeah, I think he's pretty solidly the 10th best center in the NBA. Um, and you could go as high as eight, you could go to 12, but I think that puts him solidly in the top 10. Let's run this big, uh, let's run this list back with Markel and see if he shows up in the top 25 of starting point guards. All right. That was a dick thing to say, but we, we, we will, we're, let's see how Fultz does this season and we'll see long-term wise if he's, if he hangs around, but we're going to do this with Fultz probably next year. I, I have a feeling. So that's going to do it for this episode. If you're still listening, we thank you very much for your time. Subscriptions, high ratings, positive comments, just they all help this podcast ranking immensely. Tweet us any of your feedback and uh, questions. Penny, what's your Twitter handle? At Spencer Strode. No C's, just S's. And I'm at Papa Giorgio MBO. And with that, take care. Let's go magic.